Thank you for listening to Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body. This is episode 18, Elgin Bokari Smith, Community Calling, A Flashpoint for Representation, Act 1, recorded February 4th, 2019, in New York City. Screaming about a revocability Let's burn some bridges, earn some stitches And fight our own way free Cause the rules don't lie but they don't apply to people like you and me Let's start it up now 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 Now they say it's all decided, all divided, all laid out and the pushcart man with a three-part plan Can't understand what you're shouting about But when the past they plow The lives allowed are the only roads you can see Just remember who walls were built to fall For people like you and me Let's start it up now 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 Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Bonney is a proud partner of Teaching Artists Guild. Teaching Artists Guild. You know, we just had Gene Johnstone, the executive director, on. Oh, yeah. That was a great episode. Thanks, Ben. You're welcome, Courtney. <laughs> uh, could you tell me a little bit more about Teaching Artists Guild? I can. Teaching Artists Guild is a national network of teaching artists and arts education leaders. They've been around since 2013, and Teaching Artists Guild, or TAG, has provided resources and communication about the growing field through their website, databases, and quarterly magazine. They also feature a pay rate calculator and have recently launched an interactive map of the field. Oh, and they also offer dental and vision discounts across the whole U.S. of A. That's amazing. You can visit them at teachingartistsguild.org to learn more about all this fabulous stuff. Tag, where the resources are abundant. Hey, hey, TA listeners. This is National Teaching Artist Appreciation Week. This week, the third week in May, was initiated by the Association of Teaching Artists, of which I sit on the board. This is a week where we shine the spotlight on artists who teach in various communities. So who would you like to highlight or celebrate on social media and through other platforms? Personally, for this podcast, I'd like to recognize a few organizations that advocate for teaching artists. As you know, I am on the board of the Association of Teaching Artists, which is the country's oldest network serving teaching artists, and they just held their award ceremony honoring some exceptional folks for distinguished service to the field, uh, innovation in teaching artistry, and teaching artist allyship. And in case you missed it, the ceremony was streamed live on ATA's Facebook page, but you will also hear it featured in upcoming podcast episodes. 
I also want to feature our partner, Teaching Artists Guild, which is a national network of teaching artists and arts education leaders. And they have several resources for teaching artists that are free and even more if you're a member. And Three Arts, uh, which is based in Chicago, and they work to sustain and promote artists in the six-county Chicago metropolitan area. Their focus is on women artists, artists of color, and artists with disabilities in the performing, teaching, and visual arts. And this stems from the need for a diverse a diversity of voices and visions to be supported in their city uh, in order for their city to prosper and be inspired. So for this two episode series, we will highlight the 2008 uh, Three Arts Award recipients, and that's over the next two months. So this month, we are going to highlight one of the art, uh, recipients, and next month in June, we will highlight the other one. The Three Arts Award is unrestricted $25,000 grants and made this is made through a result of a nomination, an application process and a jury selection process. So this month we are going to focus on Elgin Bokhari Smith. He is 2018 Three Arts Denise and Gary Gardner awardee. Elgin and I have never met in person, but we spoke over the phone and I was really surprised and delighted at the places that the conversation went. I hope you enjoy this first part of our chat. Here is episode 18, act one, Elgin Bokhari Smith, Community Calling, a flashpoint for representation. So hello. Hi. <laughs> can you... <laughs> Um, can you um, state your full name and where you're located? Okay. Uh, my full name is Elgin. That's E-L-G-I-N, Bokari, B-O-K-A-R-I-T for Thotmus Smith. Thotmus is spelled T-H-O-T-M-E-S, and Smith is the most generic way of how you smell spelled Smith, which is S-M-I-T-H. So Nothing too special. So I, I'm an illustrator. Um, I also do music, so performing arts as well. Um, and also a martial artist. I'm a first degree black belt, uh, which a lot of people don't know that about me, but yeah, it's also a thing. So yeah, four round. Uh, oh, and a DJ as well. So yeah. yeah. So. I think that's I think that's right. I, I, we love we love labels, don't we? In this in this world, so I love the fact that yeah. there are so many artists that I connect with and work with that have, and I love that you didn't put the slash slash slash. That you, you these are just all different aspects of how you creatively express yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like, what what do I feel like doing today? Mm-hmm. You know, um, but yeah. So. So um, so, how, how do you feel? What, what what was your day like today? What did you? How did you um, express yourself artistically today? Well, uh, today um, today I woke up uh, yesterday. I put up two mixes. Um, there are old, like some old DJ mixes that I made. One of them is called Chill Vibes, uh, and the other one is called Kimchi. And there were some mixes that I had done back in like two thousand. 15 or so and they got lost because my computer has been stolen repeatedly and those mixes were just like gone in the ether but you know I was smart enough to put some of those mixes on like a mix CD back in the day and I was like ah I just found like those old CDs 
So I was like, dang, man, let me uh, rip these somehow. So I've got those ripped, made new album covers for them, and like re-put them up. And the only reason I've, I'm putting them up is because I'm about to produce uh, some new mixes. Like, I actually recorded the mix, the new mix last night, so I'm, like, going over and listening to it. Uh, also, today, is my sister's birthday it was, like, a day ago, so I took her out for lunch. Uh, and I've been on an email thread back and forth with um, this these people at Phantom uh, Theaters and Phantom Screening, mm-hmm. and they're doing a screening for this uh, new animation movie called uh, Reign of the Supermen. So they're going to be doing it at like uh, AMC River East. And since I run a comic book convention, I was convincing them to give us a couple of comp tickets because we'll just make a trip for uh, our comic book convention and invite our people there. So it was just officially, uh, I just got the okay from uh, like 30 minutes ago. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're going to be doing a screening for uh, The Reign of Superman and help Phantom uh, events invite people to come to the screening on the 13th. That's great. That's kind of it. So, I, I, you know, I'm based in New York. You're in the Chicago, uh, Chicago land, (laughs) as it were. Where where exactly are you based? Uh, I currently live in Tilton. Um, in Chicago. And where is that for those of us who don't know where, like, the map? Uh, Pilsen is, like, a little bit past uh, South Loop area, okay. um, but it's, it's, like, its own community. I, I'm, i like, right in the heart of it on, like, 18th and Ashland, mm-hmm. right above uh, this really popular uh, 24-hour uh, Mexican spot called Los Camales. So if anyone knows Los Camales, they're like, ah, oh, he lives right there, really. Oh, nice. So yeah. uh, my, 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 my family, or well, my mother grew up in Chicago on the south side. Um, okay. And so, I, so I've been to Chicago a ton, and it always kills me when I say, "Oh, I'm going to Chicago," and there are a bunch of people who are like, "Oh, I've never been." I like that. I have been going there since I was five or younger, probably, and or like, right. I remember since I was five, and it's just like I, I can't even count how many times I've been to Chicago, and yet I still don't really have a full like deep understanding of of the different neighborhoods the different pockets but um Mm. i I always enjoy being in chicago especially i do like downtown i like my i have family now who live in different parts but i have uh somebody who lives in in uh uh North Sheridan is that a place? Am I making that up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> like right by the by the um, Shore Road, Shore Drive, Shore Drive. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that area is called Uptown. I actually used oh. to live in Uptown <laughs> before I moved to Cook. I see. And then yeah, uh, I'm blanking on the. Uh, there are other places that I know, but I can't remember any of them. Um, I also do. <laughs> do you have you ever been to the shuffleboard, the Royal Palms there? Ooh, no, I don't, I don't think I have. Uh, so a shuffleboard place opened up about a year ago. They have a bit. They have a their their like flagship uh, location is in Brooklyn, and now they mm. just opened up one in. Um, and it's it's cool. You should check it out. A lot of um, fun to just play, or they also have leagues. I don't know. I'm just sharing sharing some <laughs> information. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um well, so you have to check this out. Yeah, you should definitely check it out. Good cocktails too. Good cocktails. Uh, <laughs> and it's you know fun for like hanging out and chilling. Mm-hmm. Um so so 
how I got introduced to you was being um, on a panel uh, for an award um, that you received. Right. And yeah. Can you tell us more about the uh, the award that uh, this was announced back in November that you received this? But what was the what was the process of applying, and then uh, what is what has life been like since you've received this award? So one, what okay. is the award? <laughs> and two, right. what's the what's the what's it been like since since of receiving it? Got you. Uh, okay. So. Um the award is the Three Arts Award. It's a very prestige award that you can get in Chicago for. Uh, it has various different categories that you're allowed to apply for. The category that I I was applied for was for a teaching artist, um, which is interesting because you know the first thing that people are saying like, "Dang man, how you get that award?" Blah, 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 you know. And it's not as simple as people think, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not, like, as open as people... Okay, so let's get past the hard part. Like, the, the, the most extravagant part about it is you get a $25,000 um, grant uh, for this award, and it's not restrictive. Like, you can do whatever you want with the award. Uh, it's for you to pursue your art in whatever it is that you, you know, you want to do. Basically, it's like a thank you for the work that you do and that you put out but you're allowed to use the award any way you want. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about it is the only way you get to even apply for the award is you have to be nominated. So this wasn't something that I thought out or anything like that or like, you know, I was looking online and it found three arts and like, man, I wish I could apply for that. It was, I found out actually that, you know, my, my employer um, had nominated everyone on our team. Um, for the award and I was allowed to apply and then the process from there is just literally you have to talk about yourself uh, what type of work you do how long you've been doing it get letters of recommendation from recommendations from people um, and basically just talk about you know like also what you would do with the award and it's a long process mm-hmm. so there's a portfolio all these types of things, and then you just gotta wait, <laughs> you know. And um, yeah, yeah. So like, what? So what, pour yeah, your heart out and wait. I know. Pour your heart you know? out. So as somebody <laughs> um, who, yeah, got to to go through all that application. Obviously, what I my my portion of it was. Um, you know, seeing the results of all the hard work that um, that the candidates had had submit, had done to submit all the different required pieces. Um, it was what was it like i find like uh, it's journaling is hard <laughs> um and yeah. because it's unrestricted you know you're not writing and saying oh i'm gonna do x y and z and that's why i need the money there's this sort of like what what can we i love the idea of that three arts has is around like if you had twenty five thousand dollars like what would that mean for you and it's so broad and it's so wide. How not that you have to tell us like exactly what you wrote in your application, but more about like what what when you found out um, that you were you know sort of nominated. And I imagine that some people moved forward and some people didn't in terms of you know the organization that you're working on. What motivated you to to apply and go through all those different steps to to be qualified to uh, ultimately win? 
Um, <laughs> uh, I might have waited till the weekend to, to actually like, get to be set. Like, literally, it was just like, it was the final weekend. And I was like, man, because I'm, I'm just really busy. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, um, I don't often do things for myself. Like, that's just, that's just completely honest. Uh, I, I spend a lot of my time, uh, working on other people's projects or making stuff that other folks need and mm-hmm. I kind of treat myself second a lot mm-hmm. um, so when it like I was super honored that I got nominated to even apply mm-hmm. and then it was just kind of like oh man uh, you know everyone on my job was working on their applications and stuff like that and you know and I was like I was like, oh yeah I do need to do that you know so let me let me get in there so I just like I worked with some very trusted colleagues to, to get through some of this stuff they helped me mm-hmm. help dictate some of the things about my life story when I could it's like how do you talk about all your accomplishments or all the things that you've done you know when you're constantly constantly working constantly doing more and more and more and more stuff mm-hmm. you know it's like it's funny, man. Like one of the questions that you're you're saying that was going to come up is like, what's life been like since you received the award? Like, I got the award back in November, and then literally, my comic book convention was like two weeks later. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, and, and so I, oh, your comic book what? Your comic book what? convention? Like, I I uh, run a comic book convention. Like, I, I actually uh, run it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> so it was like. And, and I'm still I'm still teaching, you know. So I, like I'm a program director, so it's like I'm not just teaching the classes. I'm also like governing over other teaching artists and making sure that their stuff is all together. We're getting close to the end of the year, mm-hmm. so I was just like constantly, constantly working and stuff. So it's like when it when we talk about um, what it was like to sit down and talk about the things that you that you've done in, in your teaching career mm-hmm. in the past. For the past like eight years for me, it was just like I had to just talk and then have somebody just kind of help me piece my life together. Right. And I think it was very helpful yeah. and stuff. And then picking some of the best stuff that I've done and or whatever, like but all work is relevant, you know? Mm-hmm. Like anything that you put your mind to or some person that you reflect is like, ah, this thing happened, let's keep on moving on. Let's go let's, let's do this next thing. Let's accomplish this next thing what's the next goal what's the next thing i know i'm running off the rails i'm sorry no, no, but I, <laughs> um, I, you know it's interesting no you're not i, I see what you're saying I, I think is that you know for for um a, an artist and a program manager um an artist of all these different kinds of genres and art forms uh and art form expertise um, you know, you're piecing it all together so there's a lot of work that goes into that is unseen but you feel Right. Um, and and so the, <laughs> the idea of like, oh, you won all this money. Oh, what do you get to do now? You know, it's not going to Disney World. No, it's running a, com- a, com- a comic convention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, yo, man, you run this money. What you going to do with that? Oh, it's yeah, perfect because yeah, yeah, I need yeah. to buy a whole bunch of stuff for this comic book convention. Okay. So what are you going to do with the money? I was like, oh, well, I... I paid for the venue that I gotta go to because they because I've been mysteriously charged out of nowhere this time, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was just yeah, like my comic book convention is called Pocket Con. It's a celebration of characters of color, 
I've been doing it now since 2011. Mm -hmm. So this will be year seven that we just completed. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the past three years, we have been at the Chicago Cultural Center downtown. And it's free. It's a completely free convention. The reason that we do it is because most of our young people, especially like youth of color, get uh, priced out of going to these really dope conventions. Mm -hmm. Also, if you have to pay all this money to go to these conventions and then you barely see any people that look like you mm. or comic book characters that look like you, it's like, so what am I really paying for? You know what I mean? Like, what what is this going to? Mm -hmm. So, when PocketCon was created, it was created with the idea that if you as the artist are making art and making comics and making material that is geared towards spreading diversity, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so that when a young person looks at these types of books, they can see themselves, then you feel like you've already done the work that's necessary. You don't have to pay as long as you're selected. You can come and it will table for free, right? Yeah. Young people, save your money, pay the artists for the hard work that they've done instead, you know? Um, so the conventions, I don't make no money from, from the convention, like at all. Um, but also it's, it's a venue, as long as I haven't had to pay for the venue, then it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. But this year in particular, the cultural center downtown needed, uh, was asking all of the non-for-profits or any organization doing work with them mm -hmm. to pay a fee mm -hmm. in order to have their space. Oh. So, uh, and it was literally like, a week and a half before the convention, it was like, yeah, we need six uh, $660 from you. And if you want to keep doing this, it's going to be three grand. It's like, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah, so uh, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where that money went. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the money, like, right off the back, right went that, straight yeah. to pay for that, you know. Uh, also was able to pay for one of our music artists coming down mm -hmm. uh, who, I haven't been, who I've been wanting to get at this convention for this day one so yeah I, I think I spent uh, a little close to two maybe like one or two grand on just mm. the convention you know and getting everything that we needed you know for that and uh, I bought two things for myself two things I've always wanted as an artist and even those things are really difficult but I a tablet monitor because mm -hmm. I've wanted one ever since I graduated from school and it's because I've been trying to teach animation and all this stuff but I developed an animation technique while I was in school and those things are super expensive they're like mm -hmm. almost $1,500 to $2,000 and I bought I was finally able to buy one uh, on uh, over the Thanksgiving weekend so that was the first thing I bought and that was a crazy process to even get that, you know, like they were lose, they lost, like they lost it in the mail once, you know, and then I finally received the the monitor, and then Wacom forgot to put my tablet pin, and even to this day I still don't have the official tablet pin to go along with this monitor. Oh, no. It was crazy. Yeah, it's just crazy. So these people are like still sending stuff to me, but I mean, like that was crazy, and then also. Uh, the second thing I bought for myself is a new uh, DJ mixer, oh. um, <laughs> which I've always wanted. Mm -hmm. uh, and so those those are two things I bought for myself. And then everything else, I'm just kind of like holding on to the funds yeah. because 
you know, student loans. Action. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> man. I mean, get it. yeah. I don't need. I, I'm not asking you for like, you know, break it down budget by budget. Like, how much are you spending that money? But that's what I find interesting is, um, you know, the the point of the the point of the award is to support you in your artistry, right? And so the fact that you were right. able to purchase, um, you know, high, high quality uh, equipment and technology that that helps you to do your work your artist work at a higher level yeah. elevating it i think that's exactly you know the the point behind this award um are and i know that it's sort of still early days but if i understood correctly there were other sort of perks to being supported by three arts in in a, a variety yeah. of ways of like crowd uh, crowdsourcing like there's a platform yeah. for that and some financial management um professional development any other like features that I'm I'm not aware of or I don't have sitting in front of me? <laughs> well, um, another thing that I, I plan on taking advantage of is they do residencies to different um, to, to different uh, locations that are like exclusive to Three Arts Winners. Mm. One of them is to like uh, Italy. They have one going through um, where, where, uh, uh, New Orleans in a few other little spots you know what I mean mm-hmm. and you can go there for like a month and it's all like expenses paid for and stuff like that so I'm super excited about uh, the potential of being able to take one of these trips That's great. because it's like yeah it's you know we don't when you are a cultural worker um, or do stuff for the community the community is always calling you know and I mean you don't take too much time to to sit, reflect, or to just do something for yourself. So it's been nice to be able to, like, at least I can say, like, you know, with even buying the tablet monitor, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of how crazy it was to get the get the thing, right? You know, I can still now say that when I feel like actually sitting down and animating some stuff, I can, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And. That's just super reward. I wasn't able to say that uh, even a, a year ago, you know, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really excited about just having a place so when I go home, it feels like I'm able to go home and actually do some work that feels rewarding to me. So That's great. Yeah. That's really great. I'd, I'd love to go back to your, your pocket convention for a moment about um, mm-hmm. you talking about representation and I love that there's um, space for sort of the you know the indie um, and the the young people being able to share their comics and then also see themselves represented in the comics that are presented there I'm curious about mm-hmm. as somebody who is not at all into the comic world and yet um, on a more pop um, scale has a has an affinity to going to movies. So um, the last two um, movies that I saw were uh, Spider Man uh, Into the Spider Verse and good, yeah, um, very good choice. Thank you, thank you. Um, and I just saw Aquaman. Um, nice. And you know, earlier this uh, last year, I saw Black Panther. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually have like a whole episode where I just talk about Black Panther. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm just curious, uh, like, as somebody who is of this field um, and doing some really interesting work on, uh, you know, is it fair to say, like, this independent level? Um, I'm just curious what you think about what's happening on a more wide scale in terms of representation. And do you see the needle moving? Do you feel like it's not enough? Do you feel like, you know, I see you're seeing change? What are your thoughts? It's never enough, but anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I will say this. Uh, what is great about what's happening right now is... Let, let's take it back for a second. Let's take it back a little bit. Uh, when PocketCon was first created, uh, it was created because I was teaching at the Gary Comer Youth Center, and... I'm a black illustrator, but I never really had to think too hard about what my race was represented when it comes to being a part, of, being a comic book artist, right? Because it's like, hey, I'm, I went to school at, I graduated from SAIC and didn't have to think. During the time that I was there, like things were not as racially charged. I was there from like 2005 to 09. Mm-hmm. So nothing, the biggest thing that, that was, that was like I, by the time I graduated, that's when Trayvon Martin happened. So I was already teaching right. at that time, you know. So in school, I was just able to just focus on simply just drawing and developing myself as an artist. So when I got out of school and I was still doing comics and all the other kind of stuff, um, and I would be trying to teach comics to uh, young people, I would ask them like, "Yo, do you know any characters of color?" And the first thing they would always say was Batman. And I was like, Batman? And you know, like, so for kids, they're like, oh, because his suit's black. You know, so he's a, he's a character of color. And I mean, like, like, do you know any black superheroes? And they're like, uh, nah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and that was like one of the first times that I really thought about that. And that was because uh, I met so many artists over like the summertime who are also black, thanks to people like Tertel Only. And I went to, uh, Tertel is um, the creator of this uh, era in uh, black comic books called The Black Age of Comics, mm-hmm. where it was a bunch of independent comic book creators that got together and they would do little mini conventions and stuff like that. They talk about like uh, how you didn't necessarily need Marvel or DC mm-hmm. in order to make you know a comic book or anything like that. Right. So I got so jazzed up that it made me want to figure out who were some characters that were out there, and then we start talking about Static Shock and uh, Dwayne McDuffie and all the characters that he created during that time. And so the whole purpose of PocketCon was to just celebrate these characters that were out there so that more can be done. Mm-hmm. After the first year of doing PocketCon kids, I would ask that same question and be like, some kids would be like, oh, Static Shock, or they would say uh, Green Lantern is back, because at the time, uh-huh. uh, John Stewart uh-huh. was Green Lantern at the time. Uh-huh. And so every year, more and more and more kids would know about this, uh-huh. and then from there, because like, here's the, here's the deal. We're talking about we're talking about how, how great Deadpool is as a rated R, you know, uh, comic book movie, but then we forget about Blade. You oh, know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blade was the first rated R successful Marvel film. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he had a trilogy mm-hmm. and a TV show. 
Yeah. And he was in he did a cartoon, you know. Or we forget that Spawn was the thing, but it was just during a time where we uh, we didn't think so hard about the fact that there is not that much representation. Mm-hmm. So yes, right now I think we're at a really good time, and I it was I think it was really beautiful to have this full circle mm-hmm. and say that this year not only that but in Chicago there was two conventions that celebrated characters of color. There was WakandaCon and also PocketCon. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's a, that is a beautiful thing, and there's always room for more. Thank you for listening to Episode 18, Act 1 of Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body, Elgin Bokari-Smith, Community Calling, a Flashpoint for Representation. Join us next time for Act 2. Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body is edited and produced by Ben Weber. Christopher Totten is the creative content manager. Brandon Hutchinson is the media arts coordinator. Jerry Johnson-Smalls is the communications intern. Jono Waldman wrote and performed the theme song. Tim Palin designed the logo. Visit us at www.teachingartistry.org. Follow us on Twitter at TA underscore artistry. And now on Instagram at Teaching Artistry with CJB. Like our page on Facebook, listen to us on SoundCloud, subscribe and rate us on iTunes, and be sure to share this podcast with all the teaching artists in your life.